0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very famous lady by the name of Fareed Sisniega on the show. She's joining us from San Diego, so stay with us. All right, we're back. Let's get Fareed on here. Fareed, good morning.
1: Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. I'm not in sunny San Diego, I can tell you that.
1: Uh, not so much sunny. It Actually, I, I woke up uh, feeling chilly this morning. I said, am I in San Diego or am I traveling? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is it cold?
1: It, it was for me. I mean, we're, we're privileged. So
0: we're yeah. used to being nice and sunny early in the morning. Yeah. Well, it's um uh, it's 64 degrees here in Ohio, so that's not too bad actually. Yeah. Um, but it's raining, so oh, but, okay. so 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 let's talk about you know, I created this show a couple years ago or so um, to help people get unstuck in life and i think that we all hit those walls in life and and get stuck and uh, you know this is about you telling your life story and helping some people along the way so why don't we start with where you were born and raised
1: awesome well first of all thank you so much for inviting me I, it, this is this is an honor i've been watching you for quite a while now and uh, uh-huh. you know i I again just thank you for, for this space. So um I admire you and I want to be like you. <laughs> oh,
0: give me a break. You're awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. But um well, I'm I'm nowhere near famous. Um uh one day I'll be, but not not for the wrong reasons, right? It'll be right. all for the right reasons. Right. And, um, but I am I was born in Mexico. I am an immigrant child. I came here as a little girl, as a minor. My mom came here escaping domestic violence, and she came here to give an opportunity to her children, you know, for the American dream. So um, I'm the youngest of four. I came here, I grew up in uh, first San Fernando Valley, then we moved to Orange County, then uh, our extended life uh, was in Riverside County, and then um, I decided to to restart my business uh, four years ago, and uh, start in San Diego, California. So it seems wow. like I'm getting more and more south every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're heading back to Mexico, Sal. That's
1: right. <laughs> like. You're not far
0: from there, though. I, 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 you know, I was surprised. I told you I was in San Diego for the first mm-hmm. time last year, and I remember like looking on the map on my phone. I'm like. Oh my God. I'm like right down the road from Mexico. I didn't even realize it.
1: Oh, I always say let's, you know, I, I any, anybody that visits me, I go, Hey, I can take you to two countries in one afternoon yeah. let's go have tacos in Tijuana and then let's go have a nice steak dinner in uh, San Diego. So yeah.
0: it's, it's, but it is absolutely beautiful out there. It's such a beautiful area. So, so what, how old did you say
1: you were when you moved here? I was I was uh, about ten years old.
0: Okay. Nine. Excuse me. Do you know? Do you remember? Um, do you remember what it was like in in Mexico? Am I, I have- allowed to say Mexico? Or do I have to say Mexico?
1: No, you can say Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I mispronounce your words too every now and then. So. We have permission. Yeah. Uh, um actually I do. I I remember everything about it. You know, it's uh sometimes I I have memories of things and I ask my mom and then she goes, "Wait, you were way too young to remember that." Wow. Um so yeah, I, hopefully, you know, I I will be writing a book in regards to my story about a, that immigrant child because we don't get a choice, right? Yeah. To migrate to any other country. We yeah. we kind of just have to be going with the flow and accept the changes and embrace that. And, uh, that is a story on its own. Um, it'll be probably part of my seven series, uh, of books. So,
0: wow. So, so, um, but you don't, you don't really remember like all of the day to day stuff growing up really.
1: You know, I remember that I used to be a little devil. I just there was uh, there was one thing I remember predominantly, and that's um, you know we used to live in a real large. I came in I came into somewhat of a wealthy family, so we didn't have that struggle when I was a little girl. But oh my, wow! But my dad um, had he was the youngest of three privileged kids, and uh, he lost basically all of his money uh, through gambling.
0: Oh, wow. So we,
1: yeah. So my mother came from a middle-class family of hardworking individuals. You know, they yeah. used to be like the owners of the store of that little town and, you know, just wow. hardworking my grandparents. But she was so proud. She couldn't call them to tell them that she needed help. So at a very early age, I remember my mom working hard to cover the fact that my dad had lost everything through gambling Wow! so it was you know that kind of stuff so i remember my entertainment was standing outside in a big tree that we had in our home and scaring kids that were passing by
0: (laughs) oh my gosh and this was in mexico
1: this was in Mexico when oh I was a little God. girl. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I, I come back often. I do go visit um, often. And it's funny because a lot of the older, you know, I see people and they look older than me. And I don't realize how old I am until I see somebody else my age. Yeah. And then I go, uh, and then they go, yeah, you remember, you used to, like, throw my lemons from my bucket, off my bucket, <laughs> or... Terrible, terrible,
0: terrible. You were, you were a little Diablo.
1: <laughs> I was for sure.
0: <laughs> so, so um, when, so when you moved, you came here um, with your mom. You said she was escaping domestic violence.
1: Correct.
0: Um, that's got to be heartbreaking as a child um, to leave your country and, and go to a whole new country and you, you came from, well,
1: so, right. Like, exactly.
0: And, and so when you came to America, did you still have, did your, did your mom have any money or No. I'm-
1: no. So um, what I can remember, and you know, I guess if, if there's any message that I like to deliver to anybody watching, people who do not know why people come to this country, is uh, the fact that it, we're not trying to take anything away from anybody, or my, right. my mom wasn't trying to take anything away from anybody. She was trying to save her children and her right. own life. And uh, I will never forget the day that we left. My mom had a big you know, black eye uh, about this big. So, um, she had a broken mouth. Uh, and again, this may not even be real. I was about four years old when we started migrating over here. Um, wow. so, so, I was very young, but this is what's in my memory. It's the fact that my mom was face was destroyed, uh, but she found the strength to get her kids to escape. So we started migrating sa- uh, north. Um, so I remember that, that's very predominant in my, in my mind. And then, um, you know, fast forwarded, we had to go through um, all of Mexico, because we, at that point, we were living in the south of Mexico in, in a state called Puebla. And um, again, wow. we, when we started coming and my mom had to leave everything behind. My mom was a professional in her country And she had to turn she had to give all that up being a professional being, you know, in a position where she could go back home and be okay with her parents. And she said, No, I'm not going to be a burden to my parents. Um, And there was a brother that she had here in the United States. um, And he said, Hey, just just get over here. And and uh, I remember coming here and we started from zero, zero, my mom had three jobs. Two in factories, so she had to, you know, wow. eat up her ego and um, and start working just like any any um, any type of laborer. And at night, she used to make tamales. Uh, wow. So, we could sell them over the weekend and have extra money and make sure that we never asked the government for one penny. We never took anything from the government in my entire upbringing. We never got into debt for college or anything like that. We did it all with my mom's effort. My oldest sister, Oti, which um, she became the father. And, uh, you know, I, I owe so much to them. I owe so yeah. much to them. And just the strength of them being the daughter, the oldest daughter, and the mom just fighting through for us, the little ones. <clears throat>
0: wow. That is absolutely unbelievable. I think that, and, and first, before we go too much further down this path, do you know this guy?
1: Ah, I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How about... How about this guy? Of
1: course, of course. <laughs> My favorite brothers. <laughs>
0: oh, no, I love those two guys. Um, So, you know, I think um, I, I'd like to – so wh- where did you move to first? Where did your mom move you guys to first? What part of
1: – San Fernando. So San, San- Fernando okay. Valley. Okay. Um, okay. I went to San Fernando Junior High. You know, that's like yeah. the fondest memory I have of coming into the United States. <laughs>
0: wow! Now, did you experience though any? Did people pick on you because you were from Mexico? And was uh, I guess we'll just call it what it is: racism. Um, did you experience that?
1: You know what? I um, I have to be honest. I don't I don't ever think I called it racism, uh, but that was just the perception. Yeah, it was. Right. But I just never accepted that in my mind. But I was definitely picked on. I had two problems. Uh, Number one is I was a foreigner. Number two, I became popular fairly quickly. So, yeah, so they could not stand that
0: probably because you were a little Diablo.
1: I was, you know, that was for all of you who have children that are hyperactive and are getting into trouble all the time. It's just a creative, their creative side that is trying to come out. So allow it and kind of, you know, through the right road.
0: Right there, Joe. Joe's a perfect example of a little Diablo. (laughs)
1: That's right. He is. He is. And I adore him because him and I are at the same mental level. (laughs) Same. Same. So, so, so you,
0: um, why did you become popular? How?
1: Uh, Because I, I was hungry. I was hungry to learn. You know, I came here, I was already devastated, you know, a breakup, a divorce, Mm -hmm. uh, a beating, um, coming across a country just to save our family. Um, you know, those things, they're, they're traumatic to a kid. They're traumatic to a child. Yeah. And, you know, I was in a comfort zone. I lived okay. I, I wasn't in poverty. I wasn't hungry, you know, in my country. So it wasn't like, oh, we're coming here for a better life to take away from somebody else. Yeah. So when, so I was hungry to learn, I was eager to speak English. So I learned English within 2 months.
0: Wow. Um,
1: I did. I would volunteer to every one of my classes. Now I do want to give a shout out to Ms. Goldwater from San Fernando High. If she is listening, please get a hold of me. You were so inspiring in my life and I talk about you every day. My children know who you are and yeah. she told me, you know, this was an American teacher. And when I came in, she looked at me and she said, Farid. Um, she baptized me as Farid because my real name is Faride. And wow. she said, I'm going to make it easy so people don't pick on you. And um, she said, I want you to be my aide, you know, my teacher's aide. Yeah. And I want you to, because I want you to learn English because there is something about you the needs, that I need to help you. And she took it upon herself to make me be a, a, a teacher's aide. Well, I was the best one. I was eager to be the best one. Wow. I made sure. So, you know, because I came here without my father, unfortunately, I was the first. Um, I was because I was so what we call metiche in our country, uh, no nosy, right? (laughs) Inquisitive. I was the curious George. I was always getting into people's, I I was always uh, wanting to be with people that enhance me. So I became friends with the principal.
0: And (laughs) my God.
1: Yes. And I made my mom join the PTA club without speaking any English, having three jobs. Um, just because I wanted to make sure that I had the best opportunity, and so because of that, I was chosen to be the first person in the history of San Fernando Junior High to do a speech at graduation in Spanish.
0: Wow,
1: and that's why they hated me because I was always so metiche.
0: You know what my uh, my wife and I our daughter Abigail it, you just reminded me cuz she's like that she's just a little and she my wife takes her to school i think it was in first grade and the principal opens up her van the the door to get her out and and the principal goes good morning abby and my daughter stopped and looked at the principal and said it's abigail <laughs> That totally put, I mean, put her in her place. she's like, sorry, that'll never happen again. so so wow i I love I love the fire that you have. thank you like it's 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 intense. and I don't know if you saw An- anton on here um but wow, yes, I agree. um so
1: thank you, anton.
0: So you you um you went through high school now, did you go to high school your entire high school in in
1: San Fernando? No, so um again I got into some trouble right <laughs> right at the end. Oh, so I graduated I graduated from Junior High. By the way, thank you to that principal. I don't remember his name, but he's the one that walked me to my to my um what what is that called uh celebration, you know, you were, everybody that spoke or everybody that had a speaking role in the graduation had to be walked by a father.
0: And of course, I didn't
1: have one. So at that point, you know, I had one alive, but I didn't have one with me. And he said, oh, don't worry, I'm going to be your father for the day. And the principal of the school actually was the one that walked me to my, to the podium. So I appreciate all that. Um, But uh, yes, so I was going to be going to San Fernando High School. And over the summer, you know, I got into a little trouble uh, because of those people that hated me and and couldn't stand the fact that I was breaking barriers, breaking through walls, right? Yeah. Um, There was a a gang (laughs) that jumped me and they beat me up at a park.
0: Oh, Um, jeez.
1: Yes. So I, so I did go through that, um, which again, I defended myself. I think I beat them up a few, at least four of them. I remember I had the strength to beat up, (laughs) Um, but I was more scared of my mother because I was wearing my, you know, my school um, Mm -hmm. t-shirt and the spirit teacher, uh, t t-shirt or whatever that we struggled to purchase because we didn't have a lot of money. And uh, they ripped it all, and I came home with a ripped shirt, and I was beaten up by my mother.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Really?
1: Yes, because she said I was a troublemaker. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I was really scared to come home because, you know, even though that they had not hurt me facially, I, I was able to defend my face at all times. Um, but they did rip my clothes. And so when I, when I got home, I was scared to death and I had to face my mother, which was more scary than the seven people that jumped me in that park. So my mother decided that I, it was not a safe environment for me. And that's when we started making a change. I had, um, from there, I went to live temporarily with, a with an aunt, um, the Maggie and she took me in just to kind of save me and then from there we went to Westminster and I went to Westminster High School and graduated at North High School in Riverside. That's where I ended my my high school career.
0: Now is that I don't know the area. Is that is that like near LA or where? where uh,
1: Riverside County is more inland. Is um, if you're coming from LA, you have to pass through that to go to Las Vegas.
0: Okay, well then I've been through it.
1: Yeah, you probably have. You yeah. probably have.
0: <laughs> so. Um, okay. Okay. And so after after high school, which you graduated, mm-hmm. um. You, you get out of high school. Did you go to college?
1: I did. So, um, at this point, Ken, I was still an illegal immigrant. Really? Yes. <laughs> how did how, really? I know a lot of people doesn't know that about me. So you're, you're, you're breaking through the news, <laughs>
0: <laughs> breaking news. I need to put that up on the screen.
1: Yes. So, Unfortunately I was found with the, with the obstacle that I couldn't really go to university. So all that, all those dreams of being an attorney, um, I couldn't because I couldn't go. I didn't have the documentation to be able to go, and so, wow. Um, you know, I was struggling. My mother at that time and my sister, my my oldest sister, worked for a design, a, fa- a major fashion design firm out of Irvine, California, and wow. um, so you know, I had a lot of influence in the fashion industry. And so I started going to work with them at a very early age, every summer, I would go to work with them. And that became my influence. I was enamored uh, by fashion. And uh, the owner of the company took a liking and started kind of teaching me and letting me be in the in the showrooms and the fashion shows. That's when I started liking like the lights being behind the camera, right? Yeah. And so um, she offered me to travel with her to uh, Italy uh, and and launch a career. But my good old Mexican mother um, did not let me because of scared, you know, being scared of what would happen. She didn't let me. But I started taking some classes and people told me you will never be able to go to college because you don't have any documents and yeah. i proved them wrong i did some stuff to make them accept me i paid the price you know we had to pay it, it comes down to money yeah. money 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 um, yeah. so i paid the price i started going to fashion school in rancho cucamonga at um, chafee college and was taking classes both from rcc which is riverside community college i did a community college type of thing um that's all i could afford because remember we couldn't take loans we d- couldn't take federal grants we wow. couldn't do any of that so i did it all um and then shortly after that unfortunately because of our customs i got married very young and um started growing a major company with my ex-husband
0: so i okay let, let first off how would you even you wouldn't even be able to get a passport Correct. To go to Italy. <laughs> Would you?
1: Uh, no, but I, she knew my story. And and apparently they have ways for um, your visas and stuff like that gotcha. uh, to do it. She could have changed to my to life. Right? Money. Money. <laughs> this is why I do what I do. And yeah, you know, right? The world revolves around money.
0: <laughs> so, so, and we have Jorge saying you prove people wrong many times. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I kept telling her, no, you can't be on my show. Yeah. She didn't give up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love so, it again. <laughs> You're amazing. So, so you, uh, wow. Talk about some, I think that, and, and I want to touch on this a little bit and we don't have to right now, but I, I want to touch on, um, people that are born and, and raised in America. Um, I truly believe that ninety-nine percent of Americans take their freedom for granted. One
1: hundred percent, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. So, but obviously, we're going to touch on that a little bit. But so you <clears throat> you ended up going to fashion fashion design. School. Yes.
1: So I, I took and graduated or received my credentials as a fashion design and custom dressmaker um, wow. at Chafee College. I took some photography courses and creative juice sports at it at RCC. Wow. Um, and then I knew that I was going to be in business for myself because I've never been a good employee I've been the best employee I've never wanted to be an employee yeah um and uh, so I took business uh business classes
0: wow so um <clears throat> where did you go from there after you after you got your your credentials here uh,
1: I'm, well, I opened up a so so it's funny this one's funny I'll mention it so well, wait, I, you were you were
0: married you were married building yes, a business I
1: was already married doing all of this. Um, And so um, I was married. Um, My husband was in the construction industry, so he was he was busy in his own thing. He allowed me to do my own thing. Um, And then I just had to come home and cook and clean and be the wife. Right. A good wife. Um, And but in the midst of all of this, uh, my teacher, I'm about to graduate from my program. And my teacher says, well, you have to do an intern. And so, uh, for all you companies that take interns, so um, so somebody right away took me into. I remember it was a CAD program. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's like a pattern making uh, program, but it's all electronic. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to intern at a at a a pattern making company, and uh, through the connections of my oldest sister, Oti. i i got hooked up with a company that accepted me and i went in there and the first week they had me doing coffee coffee runs <laughs> and <they're> wiping <laughs> the bathrooms and, and stuff like that and the second week i was like uh this is not what i signed up for (laughs) (laughs) um i know (laughs) so i went back to i went back to my teacher and i said i cannot complete the intern so that means i'm not going to graduate that's fine i'll sacrifice my graduation but i'm not going to put up with this she said no you have to Fareed. you have to and i said well guess what give me a week give me two weeks to to restart my program and over the weekend, I called my brother and I said, brother, I need I need you to loan me $10,000 because I'm going to go open up my own business so I can be an intern in my own business.
0: Wow. <laughs> and that
1: was my very first business. Um, he, he,
0: he loaned it to you? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. My <laughs> brother's awesome. He believed in me 100%. He said, oh, my God, you crazy, you loca. So he... <laughs> He wrote me a check and, and uh, I went to open up my first, it's, it was a bridal store, very small. But what I did is I hired two old ladies that were perfect in fashion design and pattern making manually. And so they were my bosses. I was their boss, but they were my bosses in because I was their um, intern.
0: That's impressive. How old were you?
1: I was like 21. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Wow. So, <laughs> Joe Ingram says no one says no to free.
1: <laughs> he knows that very well. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't hear that word. That doesn't exist in my vocabulary. I tell I my kids that all the time. I go, that word is not allowed. You know, we choose words, and that word is not allowed.
0: Wow. I can
1: say at this moment, it's not convenient. At this moment, you know, um, we'll, we'll leave it for later, but no, it's not, it's not a word. I don't even know what that means.
0: So, so you, and, and you started this business at 21 and you were married. Of course. And you had, your husband had a construction company going.
1: No, he was an employee at a construction company at that time. Yeah. He was a foreman for, for a company. So. He was working. I had my little shop um, and, you know, I I had the experience of actually the books and and structuring a business and the licenses and all that good stuff, uh, complying with taxes and all the craziness that comes from owning your own business. But check this out. Right as I graduated and I was able to complete my degree. I was like, "Okay, I'm done with this. Like (laughs) I'm going to build it up. So I built up the business for two years and then I sold it and I oh, went and bought a restaurant.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow.
1: Yeah. So and that came because of my passion for cooking. And uh, I thought, hey, I love cooking. I love the expression of the people tasting the food that I cook. So here I am. Here's Farid Niega. She went and there was an opportunity, a window of opportunity that opened. I don't know. For me, it's like a crack can open and I can get through it. Um, and I went and bought with the money. I paid my brother, by the way. Okay. I paid my brother off. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think he says he's, I still owe him something, but I don't remember. Um, but
0: (laughs) he said, I don't remember. That's convenient. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, but anyways, I went and opened up this restaurant, which I remember I opened it because my mom was getting ready to, uh, retire and my mom was a great cook. She went, remember I told you in my earlier years, my mother had to make tamales. Yeah. Well, her tamales became so famous that she had to open a catering company on the side. Wow. She had a catering company for 25 years. and. Wow as she was going to exit her labor career, right. Yeah. Uh, And her employment at that design company, I wanted to gift my mom that restaurant. And so, you know, I said, I'm going to wait until she, she, the day that she retires and then I'm going to hand her the keys, but it's already structured. It's already, I already put a system in place. I already knew that I needed to make a systematic for it to be successful. And so that's what happened, and uh, oh my God, you're gonna die on this one. So my mom <laughs> retires. I invite everybody for dinner at the restaurant. You know the restaurant is booming, by the way. I bought the yeah. restaurant almost at bankruptcy, and I wow. took rest- I took the restaurant to be a pretty successful one. And um, my mom gets into the restaurant, and I said, Mom, I have a gift for you and so i i handed her the keys and my good old mexican mama you gotta love her rosa uh, she said and who told you i'm retiring to go work again i don't want the (laughs) restaurant i was thinking like what's the point of retiring if you're gonna take on a company to run she refused it she refused to (laughs) do it. She says, I'll give you all my recipes. I'll give you everything. I'll support you. I'll bring my friends, but I'm not working the restaurant. So I was stuck for two years running the restaurant until I said, that's it. So I sold it. Oh my God. So I'm assuming it was, it was Mexican food. It was seafood. It was Marisco Sinaloa. It was seafood because my mother's from Sinaloa. So I wanted it. All of it was made for her. And then she refused my gift.
0: Come on, Rosa. Tell her. <laughs> you
1: tell her. Is she watching? She, she probably is. Yeah, she's one of my biggest fans.
0: So uh, oh, that's awesome. So um and and I'm just gonna put this out. Um, Jezebel says she now wants tamales. Of I've never had I've never had a tamale.
1: Well, ever. I'm gonna have my mom cook some because she's still an amazing cook. Yeah. And I'm Ship you some, and I'll give you uh-huh. instructions on how to heat them up properly.
0: That, that would be awesome, actually. I'd love to try it. So um, as long as they're not spicy, I can't do spicy. Don't worry. Terrible? She
1: has the best uh, uh, gringo style tamales.
0: <laughs> You're calling me a gringo. I love it. Uh-huh. So I, I think that might be the first time I've ever been called a gringo. So there you
1: are. <clears throat> So I'll do respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. So so um so you sold the restaurant that mom didn't want. Mm-hmm. And um I'm assuming you probably made a uh <laughs> Jezebel says, "Wait, what about me?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey we can we we can meet up uh jezebel you're only in pasadena california
0: yeah right everybody's saying and me jorge wants some so um so yeah charles says mom gave farid a solid no (laughs)
1: like no that's right that's right she totally did but i turned around
0: the one person you will accept a no from
1: only person
0: So, so what did you do from there? So you, you
1: now at what, 23, maybe? No, no. By this time I was maybe 26, 27, hitting maybe 28. If I, and, and
0: you've, you've built and sold two companies.
1: Two companies already. So I went, I went home. Um, My ex-husband and I bought a house uh, up in the high desert, what's called the high desert, which is on the road on the 15 freeway going towards Las Vegas, yeah. and uh, out in the boonies. But we, but because he needed space, that's where we could find it. Uh, somebody calling you Gringo Ken. That's um,
0: awesome. Thanks. Now look what you've started.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, hey, uh, we'll, we'll redeem yourself in a minute. Uh, I'm
0: good. I'm good.
1: <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so. Um, this is what happened again, you know, life has taken me through, through an amazing journey. So this was about February and uh, we get there and in May, my husband uh, gets in trouble, not in trouble for him, but something happens. There was a, there was something that happened in her, in his job Mm. boss. And he adored his boss by the way, and he was committed to his boss all of his life. Uh, But he was making his boss millions. And so I came in, they asked me if I could cook some food for his boss and I came into his boss's office and my husband had been away for 15 days working and abandoning his family and his children. At this time, we had three children and, yeah. uh, and I was okay. I was always, have always been a very supportive, you know, uh, spouse, yeah. So um, I went to his boss's office and the the same job, he got paid that day on the same job that had taken my husband away from my family for two weeks, yeah. like almost day and night. And so my husband had gotten paid maybe $1,600, yeah. um, you know, for those two weeks. And the, and the, the check was for over a million dollars.
0: Oh and,
1: yes. So when I saw that, I said, oh, heck no.
0: (laughs) Wow. I am
1: not sacrificing my husband with all this responsibility for my husband to be getting peanuts. So I went home and I had a very serious talk with my husband. And I said, I don't know what the construction company requires. I don't know what you have to do, but we did not come to this country to be peasants. I said, and you're going to figure out what you need, and we're going to open up a construction company ourselves. Wow. So that's what we did. May, fast forwarded, three months later, I forced my husband to go get his contractor's license in the state of California. I stayed up with him nights, days, mornings. I would read in the card for him so he could learn the test. He went to pass it. And uh, in May, we opened up what was TNT Concrete and made us a very successful income for many years.
0: Wow! <laughs> wow! Country. You go! Wow! That is so awesome! So 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 you you worked in the business, I assume.
1: I run, so I so I always say he was the body, I was the brain. Um, <laughs> Yeah. um, So I was in the office. I'm the one that had to learn a whole new industry in a matter of like two months. Um, Thankfully, he he was always, you know, that's something I have to thank him. He is my ex-husband, but I do thank him for being such a great provider. And and, you know, at the time that we were married, he forgot something. I think somebody knocked him on the head after we got divorced. But while I was with him, he was a great provider and uh, he got me involved with some of his connections in the construction business. And there was one girl that uh, took me under her wing and had me in her office slaving for her for a month. Um, but I learned everything.
0: Wow. That I learned is-
1: everything. And I, I, you know, we took the company from zero because we had no contracts uh, to about $2 million in a matter of less than two years
0: wow good for you wow so so um eventually you you what left so the company I, or left the husband
1: <laughs> well well 2008 hit is what happened uh, 2008 hit which was definitely a pivot point for me and yeah. it seems like in every major economic uh you know distress or yeah. Or the pandemic or, you know, anything major that has happened. Because if I can recall, 2001 was major for me, then 2008 was major. Um, so 2008 happened. We went from having millions of dollars in, in, in contracts with general contractors doing a lot of work, underground work. Yeah. Um, we, we were left with a company, 25 employees uh, out in the field and no income coming in. So that's when I decided to learn about money. Because at that point, I didn't know. You know, I had I had been in the design world. I had been in the restaurant world. And I had been in a construction company. Never money. Now, I did take a little job for benefits at a bank. And then I learned how wrong the banks are. How all the stuff they don't tell you. They want you to bounce a check. They bound you. They want you to overdraw because that's where they get most of their their revenue. Yeah, it's making you mess up. You know, they go and take your money. They take your fifty thousand dollars, your hundred thousand dollars. They take your two thousand dollars and they go invest it and give you point zero 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 two percent profits yeah. while they're taking everything. You know that they're making so. I remember saying, geez, if I had an opportunity, I would be a bank. That's the, <laughs> <in> the end.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, it, it, I started studying money. I started digging. Remember, inquisitive, you yeah. know, teach uh, it. <laughs> <Kyrgyz> George. <laughs> 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 so what's the What's the word again? Me, ti. Che, Jezebel, write it on the comments for me, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Metiche?
1: Yeah. Metiche. And quickly, that's when you're like, no, see, you want to know, you want to know, but in a good light, right? I'm a metiche in a good light. I don't want to know your personal life for any other reason than how to help you. Right. Um. So, so yeah, so that's what I did. I got into the money business. I started you know, entry level like everybody else does when you don't know about money. I started getting into like the multi-level life insurance type of thing. I didn't even know life insurance existed. I didn't even know the word, you know, like w- that was never taught in our household. Wow. And, you know, I have a book in in Spanish. This is for all my Spanish people. It's called okay. ¿A Donde Vamos a Parar? Thank you. Well,
0: so this is...
1: It's called donde Vamos a Parar. Where will we end up? Uh, and so this book was inspired because of that reason. 2008 is what inspired this book. Um, because my mother lost all of her retirement funds over a period of 11 months after she had accumulated it for years of slaving in a uh, company. And, um, and it was just lack of information. And we lost a multimillion-dollar company. We never really lost it because we refused to file bankruptcy or take advantage of any of the stuff because of lack of information. Um, And so I said, no, there has to be an answer. Because remember, the very short period of time that I was at the bank, I saw people can retire with multiple streams of income And I saw many of our people that are middle class Americans all the way to low class Americans suffer in poverty. And then it hit home when it happened to my mother. So I decided, no, I got to get into the money business and understand I got, I have to master money and I didn't do it as a business at the beginning. I did it. A need to learn because I knew I could make millions. I had already proven to my husband and to everybody that I could take any business, take it, structure it, system, systematize it, and make it millionaire. Make it a millionaire business. I knew I could do that. I had the capability of doing that. I just didn't know how to keep the money. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what, I want to back up. So, so the book. Show the book again. Grab the book and show it again. Why is why do you not have that book in English?
1: Uh, oh, oh my goodness. Because I support my friends that do it in English. Oh, no, look at that. So I have my uh, partners in business, Tom Matthews, Steve Sebald. They wrote this book, How Money Works. It is for the American population. Check this out. Oh, my God.
0: Hold on. Look at how it is.
1: So the story of this book, it's a very simple introduction to give you concepts, and it is based on comics. And let me tell you why. I don't know if you know the story about World War II, where soldiers were being taught how to shoot a rifle so they don't shoot themselves, and they didn't know how to do it because they weren't catching up to learn. And so in World War II, a sergeant or one of those people, they decided to write a comic book on how to shoot a gun properly. And that's how the soldiers were able to catch up to learn. So it was very successful to do it through comics. So uh, Andy Horner, which is uh, from the company Outstand, the clever guy and Tom Matthews and Steve Siebold got together and they decided that America needed to change financial literacy. That we had a cancer that we needed to fix. And so these guys, you know, got into uh creating almost like a comic book a 13 year old can read this you can read this in 30 minutes and it will show you seven main concepts on how to handle your money and not end up like my mother not end up like all the people that suffer in 2001 2008 and now that are suffering through the pandemic so what i did, because this is not in espanol i decided to write my own story which has been in cooking since 2008 by the way. Yeah. but I decided to do it with stories. So I'm not so much like a money book, but it does have um, it does have financial concepts. you know it teaches you the rule of 72. it teaches you how to avoid paying high taxes you know like the president. the president doesn't pay high taxes.
0: Yeah, so, right
1: you know and he great. gets
0: and it gets judged for it.
1: And that's fine. You know, I mean, people are going to judge what they don't know. But uh, at the same time, is their their strategies. That is why people pay financial planners and financial advisors. Is because we have a way of helping you save major amounts of money. I just read an article of somebody famous who who had this major will. I don't remember. Somebody just showed it to me yesterday, and I don't remember the name. But uh, the wife is in some type of probate because she's in some probate uh, problem because the guy never wrote a will, he never had a life insurance to shelter taxes. she never he never did any of that. And these guys go these NFL champions and all these all these uh, major money makers that no, don't know how to handle money. They don't accept people like us to tell them anything because they think they know it all or they're being sheltered by all of their gang right that that the, the, the covers them. When it's just one thing that you can change in financial literacy. So that's why this is in Espanol. I did it in in honor of my mother losing her money. Uh, You know, it says that the subtitle is the day that my mother started her torture after she retired. Wow. So, wow! it's on Amazon uh, electronically on an ebook. So if you guys... um, My wife...
0: My wife wants to read the other book. <laughs> we, yes.
1: so I will I will mail you that with your tamales. Uh, we'll,
0: we'll we'll buy it. We'll buy it. I wanna I wanna support you. Thank so you. but thank you. For, you can send me a signed copy, but we'll still buy a copy. How about that? Thank you.
1: So, thank you so much for your support.
0: So wow. I, I mean first I gotta say this. Your energy. And, and I'm not talking about just your, just when you talk, you could sit there and just smile and your energy, you are radiating this unbelievably positive, happy energy all the time. I've seen you on with Joe and I've seen you on your show. I've seen, you're always just this bundle of really happy, positive energy. Have you always been that way?
1: Uh, I have always been that way, but there's been many, many, many rocks thrown at me. That yeah. sometimes, if you see me not smiling, it's probably a rock that I'm trying to explode. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But um, you know, I believe in. I believe. I believe in keeping that energy positive. We yeah. already have a bad energy going around in the world. Um, you know, from all aspects of life. And if you allow that, if you allow that to, to, to dictate the way you're going to handle life, I believe you are just digging yourself more into trouble. So I choose to actually, um, radiate this energy. I want people to learn that it doesn't matter what you go through. You will read it in all my books because I want to be, I want to be a movement that helps people in their lows. And I've had them all. You know, I went bankrupt. I had a house foreclosed. I had cars repossessed. I had a, a, a terrible divorce, three-year divorce. I wow. had, you know, somebody, somebody lied to me and told me that they were one person when there was somebody else. Uh, you know, I've had, I have, I've had it all. But guess what? I have my faith. I have my strength. And I have my belief that I came to this world to do something and to be somebody. And I will never lose sight of that. And there's there's wow. bigger and better things for me out there. And even if I'm at a good position where things are going good, Ken, yeah. I can't wait to meet that. I can't wait to meet that next day, awesome person that I know the yeah. Lord brought me to this world to be. So, and that's what keeps me so excited. And, and uh, I'm always there for a friend. So anybody who needs that, I have plenty of energy to give.
0: (laughs) There is somebody earlier I wanted to point it out to you. I thought it was awesome. Look at the comment from Periscope. Is this a Periscope into heaven?
1: (laughs) Explain that to me. My Mexican doesn't understand.
0: He's saying that you're an angel.
1: Oh. You you look
0: like an angel, yeah. Thank
1: you. I don't even know how to say his name, but...
0: it's aussie surfer dave his name is dave and he must live in uh in australia and he surfs okay well dave here's something for you (laughs) so so let me ask you this i can't believe we're all we're 51 minutes into this already seems like we just went live um so let let me ask you um can i ask (laughs) i ask what
1: I said, Farid, just in case you forgot the name. No,
0: no, 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 I, I know I know your name. Um so but let me ask you, I ask everybody this question, and the number one answer to it is fear, but i I have a feeling you could go a little bit deeper. Um, what holds people back from happiness, financial success? What holds people back in life?
1: Absolutely. Um, and
0: I do believe, by the way, I'm just going to put this out there. I think that, you know, people say money can't buy happiness. I agree. But having money, if you're a miserable SOB, having money will make you a little bit happier.
1: I'd rather cry inside a Lamborghini than in old Honda. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. So what do you think holds most people back in life for real?
1: Absolutely. That's a great question. Um financially wise, the only thing that holds people back is information. People need to be a little bit more inquisitive. People need to get the right information. Uh, so again, information and that's that's my mission is to give financial literacy and cure our financial cancer that we have. Um But as far as happiness is concerned, is what I think is people don't believe that they deserve happiness. And I believe from the moment you're born, God made you into deserving everything, everything in life. You are more than deserving. And so if we can just bring that back of being deserving and knowing that, hey, we deserve it. We work every day. We work hard. I wake up in the morning, wake up my little girl, got to put her in school, got to finish her homework, uh, got to go make ends meet, um, you know, pay the bills, pay this, pay that, look good, you know, interview. And, and just that sometimes we lose tune that we came in this world to be happy and to make an impact. So if people just, my quote, this is my quote, I put it in all, almost all of my writings and all of, of my teachings. I say, stay fearless. Do not fear the fact that you deserve to be happy. Wow. So that's,
0: awesome. that's
1: pretty much my take on what you need to do is that belief and surround yourself by positive people. If there's, some, if there's a nagger in your life, if there's somebody always putting you down. I don't care if it's even your spouse. You boot him out because you don't deserve for somebody to not cheer you up. You know, I have a rule. I have a circle, okay? My circle is my responsibility. I'm the one that is in charge of my circle. This is my world. I allowed you to come into my world with an invitation. Yep. The moment you become negative, you drag me down. You put negative stuff into my circle. I'm sorry, your invitation is no longer here. I'm closing <laughs> that circle. You have to go. Yep. Even if you were my sibling. Yeah. Understand? So yep. you you can you're the only person that can protect that can. And most people lack that. They lack the courage to protect their circle.
0: Yeah. Joe said, See why she is my bFF.
1: That's totally right. bFF for life
0: <laughs> That's so amazing so so, what would be the um what would be your your y- y- here's here's the thing, especially right now. You know that that the suicide rate right now, especially in America, is I don't know. Ten times high. It's it's. Inc- I don't know what the number is. It's incredibly yeah. high mm-hmm. um, right now, especially since since March. And I've had that, you know, back when my wife and I had our 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 office had just opened. Um, we had just opened our first office. Quit working from home. opened an office. Had employees. Um, and one day, a guy shows up one of my employees comes into my office. Hey boss, there's a guy out, out in the parking lot, um, looking in the windows of your SUV. And I'm like, so tell him to get the hell out of here. What do you do? Well, like, he's like, I would, but he has it blocked with his tow truck. And I'm like, oh. My car got repossessed in front of my employees. They were all getting paid, but we weren't. <laughs> and yeah, so no,
1: I, I know exactly what you felt.
0: Yeah. And and so, you know, there are people right now that are are going through it. They're they're right. like struggling. They're they can't pay their bills. They can't, they can't maybe even buy food. Like, what okay. do you say to somebody that is at that that point right now where they're like, I don't know. I've tried everything. I don't know what else to do. What do you say to them to help them get through it and 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 break through that wall?
1: Correct. Um, the first thing I want to say is, call me. Go to my Instagram, Sizniga Fareed. Send me a message. I'll, I'll send you a guide. It's it's very long, um, but the first thing you got to do is let go. Let go. It's it's a material thing. If things are going away, they're being taken from you. It's just a way of clearing your path and starting over now. What wow. you got to do is wake up that next morning after all this is said and done. And hey, I know multimillionaires who have been in that position before, but they took it as a learning and you turn around and you fight, you fight fight through that. You make a plan of a comeback. It's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you rise above. And so that's exactly what anybody that's going through it, there is, the end is not the solution. The end is not the solution. So there's always something, there's always somebody, there's always something to fight for. Think of all the people that is worth fighting for. And find, find that little thing that motivates you to push forward. If you're a parent, it's your children. If you're a if you're a child, it's your parents. If you're a sibling, it's your siblings, whoever it is, maybe a loved one, maybe a spouse, maybe a neighbor that needs you and they need your story. And you're being put through this because they're trying to make a story for you that somebody else will need to hear. So suicide is not the answer, because the end is not the answer.
0: Wow, wow! You are a beautiful soul. Not you're you're a beautiful woman, but you're beautiful on the inside more than anything. And I, I absolutely love your story. I love what you're doing to help the world. Um, I love the fact that you're going to send me my first tamales. <laughs> I am. <laughs> You're amazing. Farid, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And thank you. Um, it's
1: been an honor. And, um, you got to come to my show too.
0: Yes. Where, Hey, what's your, um, I should have asked you this earlier. What's your website address?
1: So right now, if you go to wealthwave.com forward slash Farid Sisniega, you will find me there. But, oh if you go to my Facebook, Cisniega. I'm sorry, farid.sniega.5. <laughs> I say that on my show all the time.
0: Is that yeah. it right there? Mm. Is that it?
1: Yes, wealthwave.com forward slash Farid cisniega. That's that's where I teach people how money works. I teach people how to become entrepreneurs. I teach people how to start a business and take it from zero to millions. I can I can teach somebody to take a zero to one million business if they're hungry if they're committed uh, in less than two years.
0: Look at look at Jezebel correcting me. <laughs> wow! Guess who's not going to ever be on my show?
1: <laughs> Remember, R E is a. <laughs>
0: so tamales tamales what did i say i didn't say that tamales
1: it's totally normal because i live
0: in ohio give me a break we
1: don't have tamales or tamales here so tell your wife if she likes the tamales that i will come to ohio and teach her how to make them it's a great christmas tradition
0: oh that is awesome well you're welcome here anytime and Thank you. Same I'm not even gonna to try to say her name because I have a feeling that Jezebel will correct me. Um, but but this lady said I needed this this AM. So
1: that, thank you, that, Yesenia, one up and comer entrepreneur Latina. Looking forward to her success.
0: What's her is it? What's her name?
1: Yesenia.
0: Yesenia. Yesenia. Thank you for being here. Charles Coachman says the end. The end for you makes sense, but the reality is it puts your loss on the shoulders of... Amen. Amen. amen that. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. Where is where is the um, best place for everyone to follow you?
1: Facebook, Instagram. Instagram is backwards, so it's my last name first. Uh, somebody hacked my first one, so I had to make one um, backwards. So... At Cisniega Fareed, follow me, and all of my information is on there. If you go on my Facebook, all of my information is on there.
0: That's awesome. All right. Well, Joe wants to give me credit for typing all of that in in the in the uh, in the ticker down there. So thanks, Joe. I appreciate thank you. you. And thank you to Joe for introducing us. We, yes. we met through Joe, and and so. Joe has introduced me to some amazing people. So he's such (laughs) a good dude. Anyway, um, and my wife said she wants to come out to Pasadena. So
1: there you go. We'll meet up for dinner. That would be awesome.
0: Fareed, thank you so much. Don't hang up on me, but I'm going to end the live stream. I want to say thank you to everyone who's watched and participated and shared this out. Thank you to everyone who shared this out. Farid, thank you. And we will see you all later. Awesome. Thanks so
1: much. Stay fearless.
0: Stay fearless. That's right.